you have Damon, who <laughs> is kind of a dick. I love Damon. Don't kind of a dick? He's a dick. Yeah, he's an asshole. But he's a cool dick. He's my dick. Yeah, he's like, he's kind of... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love Freudian slips. Welcome to the What's Our Verdict Podcast, where we fashion ourselves television judge and jury. My name is JJ Crowder. I'm here with my co-host, Mattson Heiner. Ayo, better red than dead. And Alec Burgess. Ayo, let's get it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's like little copycats. I just can't handle this shit. Uh, <laughs> we appreciate you tuning in. Go ahead and hit that follow, subscribe, like, bell notification buttons, all those buttons. Um, it helps you keep up with what what uh, episodes we're doing, our live shows, our not live shows, all that fun stuff. Tell friends about us. Help us grow the podcast. We appreciate it. Um, do all those fun things. So, but let's talk House of the Dragon. Let's talk about things getting tense and going boy this episode was uh a little tense I, I, have, yeah. I have some issues but it was it was tense can anyone think of a show where they've had this many time jumps or at least where this many change of actors i i don't know if i've seen something where they've had to just by nature what's happening it's been really interesting i can't think of yeah. something i've seen before not in one season for sure yeah. uh i don't i don't think i've ever even recasts like it's not been, but this is big. This show's all over the place. The only one I can maybe think of is Barney, <laughs> where every season had a new cast or something like that. That's fair. It's fair. Aged out. Um, I will say that I don't. If I remember, if I read right, there will no not be any more recasting moving forward. So I think we're locked in with our cast for this season. Um, I'm. Well, for this season this season's almost over so well sure i mean we got two episodes left but i i'm starting to believe based on where we're at in the timeline what we're seeing that this may be one of those um what are these new type shows like american horror stories or whatever it is or like where it's i can't think of the name for them but one of these shows where you're going to have different timelines um yeah, like sometimes they say, like, yes. Oh, she got you, Matson. Stargate and Lost. That's <laughs> fair. That is fair. Well played. Um, yeah, I think I think these might be one of those shows, or it might I could be wrong, but it would make sense to me, especially with like the rumored castings that are coming for season two, like Elizabeth Olsen and and uh, wow, my brain just quit. But Superman. Uh, oh, Henry Carvel. Henry Henry Cavill. Yeah. Oh wow. So the the idea is that maybe those two will be cast. I don't know what who of these characters you would cast. None of these characters last long enough to bring in these guys. To, you know what I mean? Like, so I think you might see one of these shows where we start jumping. Because what I'd be intrigued in is if those like let's have every Henry Cavill play Aegon the Conqueror and Elizabeth Olsen play like the original Reyna, or you know what I mean? Like any number of or one of his two sisters like that would be intriguing. So I think it might, we may have that show. Um, I just wanted to throw that out there. Cause that's what it's feeling like. Cause we have two episodes left, which in based on what happens in the dance with dragons and the way that the time jumps are happening, it's enough time in theory to tell the major plot points of the dance with dragons. I mean, I think they'd be doing themselves, wouldn't be doing themselves any favors if they started it and didn't play it out but i also don't know 
based on where they're at in the timeline with the king dying spoiler alert at the end of this episode that means next episode it starts and once it starts i i'm pretty sure it's only like a six month to a year long affair once it gets started i have to go back and don't hold me to that but it's not long before things go real sideways for everybody okay when do damon and Eamon have it out because I know it's coming the way they stare down at each other. That's a which was uh, the coldest moment of this episode. Oh yeah, that's uh, <laughs> th- that comes near the end of this whole. Okay, it's it's on the back half of the. But we the, do get to see. Civil- it. Oh yeah, we get to see them throw down. That's, that's probably the most uh, epic storyline as far as that that fight goes. Yeah, nice. it's called. I can't even remember. It's like the, the battle over the something the the trident or something like that. Um, yeah, it's a uh, okay. <laughs> so the, yes, but Damon Damon will tear him down. <laughs> I will. I will not spoil. I will not spoil. Um, I don't know. Damon's getting a little bit old, but. Yeah. That, hey, he, he still can. He still can swing a blade and slice right through a man's skull. I'm pretty He's sure that was Valyrian that. steel. And yeah, that. that's Dark Sister. <laughs> that's his sword's name is is Dark Sister. That was quite the scene. Yeah, poor, poor guy, just telling the truth and dying for it. That's what happens in Game of Thrones. Like you don't oh, tell the truth sure. in Westeros. It's rule number one: do not mm-hmm. tell the truth. <laughs> no, no, you just keep your pie hole shut right mm-hmm. there yeah i'm trying to remember what the name because it's got a great oh battle above the god's eye that's what it is ah, it's called it's the battle cool. above the god's eye um and cool it's name. yeah it's i think you'll see Amond and luke have their rematch next week if i had to guess and that really that's not gonna be some, much of a match uh, it's uh well i mean they both have dragons yeah, but who's been all a eating Eamond? I swear, <laughs> this dude just shot up at six foot four, got his pirate patch on. Yeah, he's a he's a little badass or a big badass, yeah. one of the two. Dude, if getting a dragon is all it took, holy smokes, bro! I mean, Talk about a confidence boost. Getting one of the oldest dragons in the on the planet can really put some love in there. Yeah, that's true. I, can we talk about Lady Allison's because uh, it's been about six years and it looks like she turned to a religion that I'm not familiar in the Game of Thrones lore, but kind of like changed the whole tone of um, Westeros and basically kind of taken over and just made it her own thing and kind of just got away with it because no one was really there to stop her. Yeah. Yeah, it's the the seven is what they and it's like the the main religion if it had a comparison to the real world you'd probably say it's based loosely on like the catholic religion only mm-hmm. with seven different deities versus like the saints that they talk about so um and it's it's a yeah that's something said something about the seven stars or something like that yeah that star that you see above the throne now that was in the game original game of thrones above the throne in the throne room that's the symbol that she also wore around her neck of the yeah the 
seven uh, pointed star. Yeah, the seven pointed star for the the. And do you what, what's seven. our speculation? Did she turn to that because she wanted to find a way to like absolve her guilt and find purpose because of all the chaos and crap that's around her? Yes. Wasn't that the origin the religion of like the South? Like in the North, you have the old gods. The South worships the seven. And the Targaryens, since they're from originally old Valyria, they essentially are gods in their own eyes. Mm-hmm. So wasn't that her just kind of going back to her roots? Um, kind of, yes. And Sean says yes. Um, yes, it is the so the the first men and the Roinar they worship the old gods, so the trees with the and it's not the trees that they worship, but it's those that speak through the trees and the face of the trees, whatever. Um, the seven was brought over by a different, when there was a land mass and this, while we're getting deep cut game of Thrones, Westeros history here, there's a, there's a, there used to be a land mass that connected uh, Essos and Westeros. And there was a people that came over and attacked the, the blood of the first man, which is the North, right? So, They've been here forever. It was a big battle. The kingdoms were combined-ish. There were seven, technically the seven kingdoms at that point. And they brought with them the seven. So then there was the old gods and the new. That's why you hear them always saying by the old gods and the new. The old gods are the trees. With the old, the first men, the seven came with the, the conquerors, the first conquerors, and that was the seven deities there and then when the targaryens came in like you said they didn't really have a religion per se so it certainly wasn't their thing to do religions when you look at the the king's landing when they've in the first two episodes where you see it a lot the first few there's like all sorts of uh tapestries and things with like really like dragon erotica and like Targaryen erotic, like some weird shit on there. Cause they don't have that. Like they don't believe in, they just believe in their dragons and themselves. Um, and the, you know, the blood of old Valyria type thing. So very good point, but yes, to answer your question, Matt, and that's my understanding is that her piety comes from guilt and dealing with that. And, you know, if she devotes herself to something as opposed to, just making herself her kid the king then and i've really liked the way that they played her because the one thing about the book and this is for rainira as well the one thing about the books that they don't do is it's all based on the men's perspective for the most part like because that's who matters in westeros you know what i mean from these historians so you don't see like things like alicent who is in this really shitty position where her dad's She's got to deal with her dad's stuff, the king's stuff. She's dealing with not mentioned in the book, but in the show, at least the friendship that she has with Rhaenyra and all of those things are tugging on her. Now her kids are involved and it's, it's, I don't envy all of the things. And she's always trying to do the right thing for everyone, which is exhausting. So you need something to fall back to. So I really like that they're playing her in that way. Um, and that from that perspective, but yeah, it, it, it's interesting to see the transformation of the, the red keep as well into what we know it. And then like eventually the, even the iron throne is just the first part of the iron throne. They get rid of that big back part. And then all that stuff that goes down the stairs is gone. So 
it's interesting to see the the how it transitions to other thing i wanted to comment on is i appreciated the the makeup slash probably cgi that they did on um valerian <clears throat> Viserys. Viserys, sorry my apologies um no, Viserys, his face was like i was impressed i mean when he took that off i was like oh man like <laughs> they actually man. dug his eye out oh, yeah. <laughs> and put it on ice and then yeah. film it really quick in order to get that uh oh, that image <laughs> but funny. with all that it made me start thinking about it as well with lady allison and the queen like did they just just let him be basically in hospice and just left him there it seems like he was just kind of an afterthought until Rhaenyra showed up and he kind of had his last surge of of energy and did his thing to kind of stick up for her and then he was out and the lady Allison kind of was like oh like he's around I should probably like be there again and but she wasn't doing anything for six years that's what it seemed like yeah I think you can definitely say that they especially once her dad came back because Otto's a dick like there was certainly an advantage taken by the fact that he was out of commission more or less right well, yeah that's the way they made when they made the eye contact they kind of had their plan it seemed like and they're like oh snap the king's here yeah and Which, talk about an entrance I was gonna say what a yeah. dope moment first of all though, you got you got her on that no carving his eye out there like that uh, yeah it, you know uh, yeah, what a dope moment when Viserys comes walking in all hunched over and won't let anybody help him walk up the stairs and until he drops his crown. And I love that it was Damon that came through. And, and yeah, I, what a cool moment. I was impressed. But I'll say I was kind of what you were hinting at there with that is Patty Considine, dude, like this whole show, like Viserys has kind of annoyed me. And don't get me wrong, the actors played it well. Patty Considine's played it very well. But this episode, like, I was like, damn, I want more of a series all of a sudden. Like, mm-hmm. that was a dope moment. Yeah, the Golden Mask was really cool. I really liked because, And I liked that it mimicked, too, like, Eamon's scar. I thought that was an interesting It was take. dope. Shantez, if we all get pimples now, I feel like that's mandatory. Like, we all just wear, like, a mask to cover stuff up. <laughs> like, we should probably make that a trend. That's right. That's right. I like it. <laughs> Yeah, what a cool, what a cool episode for good old. Boy, well, it, it, they talked about it then inside the episode after they what they always show. Like he finally stepped up and defended something that he said was supposed to happen, and that's not, not something he never really did ever. But this yeah. is the one time, and he did it, and he. And it's funny because he probably did it and then the dinner thinking, oh, they're having this kumbaya moment, like things are better. And he he dies thinking he's confessing the last bits to Rainier and it's not. It's the queen. And he probably dies thinking like, I've done my part. I did it. I fought the good fight. I like went out in a high note, but he probably just made it worse. And obviously the kids at the dinner the parents were kind of like all right we can do this and the kids don't care they don't know the history and they're already they're already bitching and moaning yeah i will say that i did have the only issue i have is the way that they played this whole song of ice and fire reveal thing with the queen and i say that because i don't to me that makes um it made it cheap like their their shitty 
future fight that's going to happen in this battle. I liked it better when it was just the idea that Alicent wanted her kid on the throne. Rhaenyra wanted the throne and her kids to have the throne. I don't like that we had this moment of here, let's tease that we're all going to be friends and get back together, right? And then in a moment of hysteria, basically, or lack of coherence, thinking he's talking to his daughter, he reveals in a very broken way the the song of ice and fire revelation to Allison, and she misinterprets it as he wants me to put Aegon on the throne. And I was like, that, that cheapens to me that what you're trying to do with these women, right? Like, so you're trying to make it about these women and their perspective and how they're taking control of their lives and their family and the crown. And now all of a sudden it's an accident. Come on. I, I, I just, if, if you're going to make her power hungry and follow her dad or whatever, or she want or as most mothers probably would want the ability to say that my son is King. I know as a, as a man, I would, and maybe that's a man thing, not a woman thing. I may be speaking out of turn there, but at the same time, like if you're going to lean into that, lean into that, don't make it an accident. At this point, I would have been much happier if the king goes away, we have a fist fight breakout because these kids are assholes, and then they leave on shitty terms. And it, we just know all we're waiting for is, is King Viserys to die. Oh, look at this line. Yep, she brought up a great line. So, uh, so my favorite line was when he said, excuse my confusion, but didn't I already make this succession? <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, me too. I was like... I loved that moment where he's like, hold on, why are we doing this again? Like, this is clear. And then I love in his broken state too, like where he stands up and drags his dagger out and he's like, I'm going to take your tongue. I'm like, get him. He's like, you <laughs> won't even get down over. the first stair, but get him. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. Yeah. Going back to your point, JJ, about making or cheapening the song of ice and fire. I mean, I would have done if I was in charge made Allison nervous about her kids because the first thing that Rhaenyra is going to do when she takes the throne is kill the people who are going to have the best claim to it. Mm-hmm. So a self-preservation thing is whoever gets the throne, you know, is going to go after the people who have the best next best claim. And that's where you get your civil war yeah. versus this misunderstanding, which to me is just Allison misunderstanding on purpose um, you hear yeah. what you want to hear. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but I would say it more. It's like it's like every prophecy that's been ever in the same thing in Harry Potter. Like the one side hears one, one side hears the other, or or Star Wars, for instance. You just <laughs> uh, prophecies. Sure. I always get screwed up, and it's like the game of telephone. Uh, mm-hmm. The more you tell someone else, then it just gets convoluted, and everyone's like, "No, this is. I know this to be right. I know this to be true," and then they're gonna fight for it, which. I personally, if it strengthened Lady Allison's resolve that her kids need to be the successor and it starts this civil war, like, I'm all for it. Let's see death. Let's <laughs> let's see some violence. I think I'm most, because we have one episode left, right? Two. For this, oh, two. Yeah. Well, I'm very curious what kind of cliffhanger we're going to get left on at the end of this season, because in true Game of Thrones fashion, I think someone's probably going to die or something's going to happen that is slightly unexpected. Although I know JJ already knows what kind of has to happen, but I hope it's still interesting. Yeah, I'm Dude, I'm keeping my worst. I'm keeping oh yeah. Well her kids are, here's the thing is though, is like I'm with you in that they've set this up to because one interesting thing that I did notice in this episode is you have Damon 
who <laughs> is kind of a dick. I love Damon. Don't kind of wrong. a dick? He's a dick. Yeah, he's an But asshole. he's a cool dick. He's my dick. Yeah, he's like, he's kind of... <laughs> <laughs> I love Freudian slips. Um, I am taking that out of context. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. Uh, no, I love Damon. And I, part of that's because I love Matt Smith, and I think he's playing him outrageously good. But I like Damon even in the book. That character is interesting. Um, and then you've got Rhaenyra, who in the show they've made pretty... She's nice, right? She's she's interesting. Um, in the books, not as much. Like she's kind of a dick too. But then her kids are sweet. Like she's got these nice kids and grandkids and all that stuff. And then you got Allison, who, for all intents and purposes, wants to be a good person, and her kids are just complete douchebags. Like it's just like, what the hell? <laughs> so I thought it was an interesting take on that. Um, who's Allison's daughter? Is that Yelena? Helena. Helena. Yeah, dude, she was my favorite part of that dinner scene. Yeah, where she's like, being married's not so bad. Mostly, your husband just ignores you, (laughs) (laughs) unless he's drunk. And then Aegon's just sitting there going, "Did I just get burned by my own sister wife?" Like, oh god, yeah, that's crazy. Cracking up. She's so funny. She's a little weirdo. But she's hilarious. Yeah, it's crazy. I yeah that was, well she's a little she's crazy and like in the book she's there's there's issues there there's issues there. Um, we got another great one here. So claims should not even be worn, just like start. Oh, sorry, I misread that. The king wanted him to be made king up until the kids were older, um, but got killed even when it was written. So yeah, I mean it's. There's so much drama in this joint. So I love it. Teenage angst. Yeah. So next episode should be interesting because I think uh, I'll give you a harmless lead into what I'll probably see. And that is um, the two sides, the greens and the blacks will send emissaries to the different lords of the seven kingdoms to win them to their side to help strengthen their claim um and during those particular trips things happen so it it, we have a lot of crazy things that could go that will really cause this to just go all sideways as if it's not kind of rolling down the road sideways as it is so it's ugly it looks like it is uh in the preview for next episode jj did we see uh cheese and yeah blood uh blood and cheese yeah uh no No. i didn't but what was i was what was interesting is that they reintroduced uh what's her face the girl that we saw at the end that she has the woman that's in the in the palace that she came and said it must have been an interesting day at the palace it's so damon's old concubine whatever she becomes Damon's master of whispers in the book so is that she, gossip secrets it's yeah if if you've still been watching season one Varys the bald guy mm-hmm. he's the master of secret uh, yeah, of yeah. whispers master of whispers is what they call so it's master like a secret of whispers he's like the they're like the CIA of ah. uh Westeros he's yeah so uh <laughs> 
or the NSA, depending on which one you want to roll with. But yeah, so she becomes his like secret bearer. So like she keeps all the secrets, all that fun stuff. So it's, she helps. If I had to guess, she's the one that will actually be the one in the show that hires blood and cheese. If they go that route, Hmm. but something has to happen during all the emissary sending that triggers Triggers it to send blood and blood and cheese, cheese and blood. Uh, Son for a son. <laughs> yeah, shit's gonna get wild, as if it hasn't been already. But the the dance of dragons is on now that Aegon or now that Viserys has died. The dance of dragon is on, and in that moment, I agree. Shant said, "OMG, shit's gonna get weird." Um, yeah, I think I really enjoyed this episode. I, the tension was palpable throughout. Like, oh, I hated it. Yeah, it was uncomfortable. I, the whole I love, damn show. I love the intrigue and the politicalness, but I hate watching it yeah. because it drives me nuts. Yeah, um, it's... I was anxious the entire episode. <laughs> well, and Rainey's making her play like I was. That was very interesting. Like, because you know she was going to go a completely different way until Viserys came in, laid down the law, and then she's like, "Oh shit, I better back the princess because that's and my she best has- play." ammo to publicly now announce that her daughters are going to be betrothed to Rhaenyra's sons. Yeah. And that was that was some chess level checkers right there. Oh, for sure. For sure. I yeah, lots of fun conversations. Fun fun conversations. Yeah. I agree completely with that. So she corrected it's Viserys. Viserys needs to get an Emmy because he played his character. Oh yeah, that dude. He watching, and I think you make a good point bringing that up because this episode was like his the coup de gras, right? Like I am the shit after this episode. But I think the setup is what's interesting when you go back after this episode, and I think about the previous seven episodes. I never. I just was like, oh. Series, whatever, move on to one of the interesting characters. And now I'm like, he set that up perfectly because he was weak, 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 weak. And then he wasn't. And you're like, what would we be doing if he was this character the whole time? And then you're like, but I understand why everybody's taking advantage of him because he never took a stand. And then when he does, it's so interesting. So watching that whole, and even the, the scene when he stands up at dinner and he takes the mask off and he's telling him, you guys got to freaking knock this shit off. I love all of you. And even if you don't do it for the kingdom, do it for this old man. Like, I thought that was a great line. I was like, I don't care about the kingdom. I care about my family. So I'm with you. I I think he, yeah, Patty Considine was like outrageous in this episode. And he tied to me an arc that I never even thought I cared about until the end of this episode. So it was well played. Well played. I'm excited, fellas. I, I like this episode. I thought the intrigue was fun. I'm excited for what's coming in the next two. I'm on board. I'm 100% sold, even after all of my grumpy from Game of Thrones. But I think that they've done this smart, how they've played this book. And a lot of people are bitching about it because all the time jumps and stuff. But if you And I get it. If you haven't read the book, I could see where it might be a little jarring. But knowing how the book's written, I think they've done a great job because it's very similar to how the stories are told in the book. So I'm intrigued to see how they do it. Excellent. Yeah. You're I'm muted, uh, 
looking forward to it too. <laughs> Just saying, I'm looking forward to it. I'm intrigued. It's going to be exciting. There's going to be a lot of uh, death, drama, and broken hearts. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. There's no ha- no no happy endings at the end of this story. I don't believe. There's no happy endings in anything George R. R. Martin writes. That's true. That's true. Um, cool. Well, there it is. All right, we'll trade off. Matson, tell everybody where they can find I'm us. Uh, hey, if you're listening to us now, we appreciate it. Sanchez, uh, appreciate it. Charles, thanks for chiming in as well earlier. Um, you can find us on our, our next live show this coming Thursday for Andor uh, as we kind of debrief on Star Wars uh, at 5 p.m. Pacific. And, uh, and when you're not listening to us live on YouTube or Facebook, you can find us on our podcast at What's Our Verdict Reviews, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, you can check us out on TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram to kind of uh, stay up to date in some of our social media escapades. Alex has been focusing quite heavily on Rings of Power of late, which has been fun. Thank you all for chiming in there as well. Um, our w- website is still currently under construction, but we're excited to bring you some Halloween flair this month. And um, as Alec mentioned, towards the beginning, here check out our patreon as well if you want to see us do trailer reviews if you want to recommend things we watch uh even mandate something that we watch <laughs> uh you have the jurisdiction to do so so check us out at what's our verdict podcast on patreon as well but likewise thank you all for listening we appreciate it yeah uh thanks for all the comments again i feel like i'm we'll have to get her to clarify please send us an email or put a comment in is it shante is it shantez because I butcher names constantly, so I apologize for that. But thank you for tuning in. Uh, love your comments, as always. Uh, yeah, so there it is. We appreciate you tuning in. She says, bye, guys. Bye, guys. See you next week. Bye, uh, Chantez. <laughs> love it. So, awesome. We appreciate you tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. Bye. Cinematic. Cinematic.